Welcome back to Out of the Rough, a fantasy golf podcast brought to you by the We Know Fantasy Network. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and today I'm joined by, as always, Lenny. Lenny, how are we today? We are doing all right. And returning after his one-week hiatus, it's Sean. Sean, how are we? Hey, Nate. Doing good. Yeah, welcome back, Sean. Yeah, last week Sean had a, an incident of sorts, so he couldn't come on, but he's back, so we're, we're glad to see that. Uh, before we move forward, guys, follow We Know Fantasy on social media at We Know Fantasy on Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, and follow the show at Out of the Rough WK on Twitter and Instagram. Visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for some more fantasy sports content, including fantasy golf, basketball, baseball, football, NASCAR, everything and anything fantasy sports we have you covered. All right, guys, last week was the WGC match play at, uh, where were we? We were at uh, Austin. So this was a, a pretty odd tournament. Uh, the final four came down to the 30th, the 31st, 32nd, and the 52nd seed, uh, which is, you know, pretty pretty weird to say with a, with the world's top, you know, what was it, 64 of the top world's 69 golfers were there. So <laughs> when it comes down to the seeding that we saw in the final fours, it was definitely different uh, than what we projected. But uh, Horschel ended up winning that tournament. Um, me, personally, I Colin Morikawa finishing it or winning it, but he didn't even make it out of his group. So that speaks to how my week went. I did have Victor Perez going deep in the tournament, and he did. Uh, did he finish fourth? Or did yeah. he win that? Fourth. Fourth? No, yeah, so, fourth. yeah, but, you know, as, as a deep seed, I'm, I'm, that's something I hang my head on. I did not make money this week, but I was awfully close. I think both Sean and uh, Lenny made one money if I'm not not uh mixing things up here but uh before we move forward let's go Lenny give us your results from last week's WT match play on your DFS yeah so if you remember when we all picked DJ to make it out of the group and I was like we all picked him this is going bad he's not making it out I should have just gone back and changed everything that I'd written in my bracket because none of us had the winner um, well, I guess well, I had Bryson. He lost in his group. Sean had DJ. He lost in his group. You had Morikawa. However, DraftKings-wise, we did all right. We did make some money on the week. I had DeChambeau, like I said. Didn't make it out of his group. We had Rom. He finished a tie for fifth. Lost to Scheffler. But thankfully, we did have Scheffler who finished second. I had an outright bet on Scheffler as well. Kind of killed me there in that final matchup. We also had Henley, Ortiz, and Hughes. Mackenzie Hughes, another one of those low flyers that has paid off for me again. Henley made it out of his group, didn't he? Uh, no, he actually didn't, did he? And then Ortiz didn't make it out of his group either. But the Scheffler and Rom combo with them kind of finishing towards the top carried me pretty far. So can't be too disappointed. All right, Sean, how did you do last week? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I did win some money. Um, came in a decent place for it, so I'm happy that I got a return. Um, I had Dustin Johnson. He didn't get out of his, his grouping. Um, had some points, though. Matthew Fitzpatrick, he didn't get out of his grouping either, but he scored a little bit higher than uh, Johnson did. I did have Garcia and Fleetwood. Uh, those were my two big guys on the group. Uh, also, the two guys that hit hole in one, so I guess that will be my highlight that I picked them both. Too bad um, there wasn't a hole in one bonus this week, <laughs> or a walk off hole in one bonus, or a, yeah, <laughs> insane. 
I would have walked out of the front door. Um, but uh, I had Matthew Wolf and uh, Mark Leishman to finish it off. Uh, both guys I thought might have made a run, um, but you know they got some decent points. But it got me in the money, but uh, didn't make it out of the group. Yeah, so myself, one of my six made out of the group. I was kind of, if I had one more person make out of the group, I would have been in the money, but uh, just fell just short. Uh, of course, Ed Marikawa, who didn't make it out. Uh, Xander Schofield didn't make it out. Paul Casey, Will Zaltoris didn't make it out, and and Brent Weisenberger. But Victor Perez, like I said, was the guy I hang my head on. He was only 6,600 last week in DFS and had 158.4 points in that fourth-place finish show. I guess uh, I guess there's, if there's anything for me to about last week it was my perez pick we also did a dfs lineup for the coralist putin resort and club championship in the dominican republic i don't know if sean has results for this one as you mentioned previously when we're going to this pod a uh, podcast but lenny uh how'd you do i i knew you did pretty good in this one as well yeah made money again here um didn't have a winner but we had two top tens on the week with Ryder and uh bryce garnett had cypher t18 so i T28, Will Gordon, T34, and then I think we all were on Herbert for the week, and of course, he just about finishes dead last at T114, so um, I think if we all pick the same guy in a week, everyone should just avoid that one. (laughs) Yeah, that is for sure. I had Herbert as well in my lineup there, so that's no good. I had Charlie Hoffman, uh, Amelia Grillo, Peter Yuan, uh, Herbert, Kelly Croft, and Jing Wang Yang. Who I know this this line did not make any money. It was kind of rough outing there, but again, there was not much to go off of this tournament because you know sixty four, the world's top sixty nine golfers, were in the uh, WGC, WGC Max play. So a lot of uh, you know throwing darts at a wall and hoping they stuck that week or uh, last week at the Punacana Resort. So this week we move forward to the Valero Texas Open at TPC San Antonio at the Oaks Course. This is a course designed by Greg Norman and influenced by Sergio Garcia. The Oaks course has the second toughest greens to hit in regulations at 57.7%, trailing only the Rivera CC at 57.4%. Uh, the front nine is drastically much harder than the back nine. If a golfer can get uh, going on the front nine, get through that you know, even or even under, they're going to have a great score. From 2010 to 2018, the field played the front nine at plus 3,704 compared to just plus 730 on the back nine. That is a huge difference in, in, in the back to front nine. There was more triple bogeys or worse, 289, than all other courses except the TPC Sawgrass, who had 338, and the PJ National had 323. So in that measure, this is the third hardest course there. Uh, the catch here is the course is pretty wide open. There's only three water hazards, not many trees. So if the wind starts going... That's going to influence this course drastically. We saw this in 2015, where it was uh, the the cut line was. Let me rephrase this: the cut line was below um, par for since 2010 through 2018, except 2015 when the wind was uh, when when the, when when the wind was influencing that. So strokes gained, ball striking opportunities gained, driving distance gained, and par fives gained will be crucial this week. Uh, Lenny, anything else you want to add about the uh, TPC San Antonio? Uh, it's a little bit different than what we've seen as of late. Uh, like we said, not a lot of water here. Uh, some things that I kind of found is, you know, off the tee, you mentioned a little bit about that. Off the tee, eight out of the top 10, or eight out of the past 10 winners finished top 10 in the week off the tee. 
all but one winner was top 10 in greens and regulation. We talked about how tough it is to hit some of these. So some of my picks are going to follow along with these good drivers, good ball strikers, which I mean, good drivers, good ball strikers play on every course, but I think it might be a little bit more important to to look at some of the bombers this week. Uh, Sean, anything else out of here? No, no, you guys, as usual, cover everything on the course. Uh, it would be interesting to see how it plays. Yeah, it's such a weird course because there's so few hazards, yet it plays so difficult, as uh, Lenny said there. So uh should be an interesting course. And, of course, this is the event before the Masters next week, so there's always that to uh, pay attention to. So we're going to do a different format here as the first, what, five or six shows of this podcast we realized just now that we were violating the, the DraftKings, uh, oh, what was it, terms and services by listing our full DFS lineup beforehand. Apparently, you can't do that. So, different format here. We're going to go, uh, let's see, five golfers each. We have different price ranges. So, we have the 10000 plus, 9000 to 10000 essentially, 8000 to 9000 7000 8000 and then 7000 and below. So, we'll each go through our five golfers here. And uh, we'll, we'll incorporate, you know, betting lines, DFS prices, things like that in when we discuss about our golfers here. So, uh, Sean, how about you lead us off here with your 10,000-plus your golfer? Uh, that would be Jordan Spieth. Uh, he's coming in at 10,007 this week, um, playing really good golf recently. I feel like he's not back to Jordan Spieth's statement. I wouldn't say that if he was ever a thing. I mean, he was playing pretty hot earlier on. Um but I mean, I feel like he's getting to that point. He's had three top tens, eight for twelve in cuts. Um, he's fourth in FedEx, so I mean, there are some points out there where he might be thinking to try to go for it. Um, played really well with the match play last week, and um, you know, like you said, with the Masters coming up next week, he's a previous champion there. You know, he's going to want to start playing pretty well as he as continue that trend on. Um, so I think, you know, if you're going to pick anybody, I think he's definitely uh, my pick for it. Yeah, there's... Uh, go ahead, mate. No, you, you follow, Charles. You go. All right. So I was going to say the one thing about Spieth is DJ's withdrawn. Yeah. I I think his ownership is going to be through the roof. He is, he's been playing great lately, and I, I just worry that that ownership could be over 30% this week, which might make me fade him a bit. Um I, I don't know. I, I don't like what I think that ownership number could be this week. Well, you'll just have to listen to see how you manage the money differently then. <laughs> but uh, I can go next here. I So when you're looking at these 10K plus guys, we lose DJ, he withdraws. We're left with Fino, Spieth, Scheffler, and Hideki. I love Hideki, but I don't think I'm going to be playing him this week. Scheffler, he just played seven rounds in the last five days. I, I don't, I don't know if I want to pick him. Going kind of just off the, all of that that play that he's had to load. Um, so I think I would go Fino if I'm picking anyone in this top group. And I know I was all over Fino for the players. Like he was my guy to win the players. Like I was all in on him. And then he shot that 78 in the first round. But I think if I'm picking anyone on this top group, I'm I'm gonna go Fino. 
yeah, it's hard to debate what you just went through, but I went Scotty Scheffler myself at the 10-4 price tag. Like you said, he just played 10 rounds, so that's kind of, you know, he maybe uh, winded. And it's kind of surprising he's actually going to play this here after a second-place finish last week at WC match play. But we're staying here in his home state of Texas. Uh, went to college in Texas, grew up in Texas. He's currently seventh on the tour in ball-striking shots gained. He's first on the tour in total driving rankings and 23rd in greens and regulations. So this 10-4 price, I think it's a steal, in my opinion, because of how well this course suits him. But there is that factor that he just played seven full rounds of golf in five days, has, what, a three-day break before he's back out, and about, back out on the course. He could see some fatigue there, but if, if in a vacuum, I guess you could say Scotty Scheffler has a strong chance to win this tournament. And if we look at the if we look at the sports book now, he's second. Tony Finau has the best odds at plus eleven hundred. Scheffler and Spieth share odds at plus fourteen hundred. Uh, another thing to add though is match play isn't just like normal stroke play, where if a guy is behind by you know, 12 strokes going in on Sunday. He's just going to go out and have fun, shoot what he can shoot. Like, match play is like a mental grind every round. So that's just another thing. I'm not trying to say not to pick Scheffler because he fits this course so well, I think, and he could be great. It's just I don't know if I'm willing to buy in right now. Yeah, fatigue is a real thing. So let's move on here to our 9,000 to 999,000 range of golfers here. And, Sean, take it away. I'm going to go with Corey Connors. Uh, he's coming in at 9.5. Um, seems like a pretty easy pick here if you're looking for somebody in that range. Uh, five top tens this year, 11 for 14 with cuts. The guy won the event last year, um, so that has something to go for it. Um, seventh at the players, giving you 90 points. Uh, third at Arnold Palmer, giving you 99.5. Um, and 17th at weights management, giving you 95. So those three big tournaments, I know the Masters again next week, so wants to play well. I think it's worth your money when he's putting up those numbers. Uh, he's he's someone that I think I'm going to focus on a bit this week. Previous winner, playing well. Can't knock it. Yeah, with you there, there's no doubt about that. I was going to include him. Figured one of you guys would be all over him, and apparently both you guys are. So I'm going to go with a different guy. Abraham answer nine seven here in the price range. This is a simple one for me when it comes to driving the ball straight. There are fewer, if any, better on the tour than answer. We talk a lot about this in the introduction of this course. It's obvious that hitting the ball straight is a must with how this course is wide open, laid out, and, it, and few hazards yet. It plays so tough. So getting the ball down the center, playing it out of the fairway is a must. And answer is one of the best in that. And he's also 14th on the tour in greens and regulation. So Nine seven, you're kind of paying up here for him. He's almost a 10K type of guy. Already gone 10 4 and 9 7 with my guys here, but you know, have to go with answer, in my opinion. I think everyone from 9 1 to 9 7, you could start your lineup with and just ignore the 10K plus guys. Because I was looking at building some lineups today and it was almost exclusively kind of selecting three of these guys. And one guy I would go with, Charlie Hoffman. Uh, he's just been playing well. I mean, except for Sunday this past week, he's got three top 20s in his last five starts with a 7th at Pebble Beach, 10th at the Arnold Palmer, 17th at the Players. 
He was seventh going into Sunday at the Corrales Putacana Resort and Club Championship, the longest name in golf, and shot a 77 for the worst round of the day. But I think I might ignore that. One of them was a quad on 18. He's just been playing well. And so he's someone that I think I'm definitely considering owning a bit more than the other guys in here. However, both of you guys, excellent picks. I like them both. Yeah, like you said, you can almost ignore that 10,000-plus, those top, what's it now, three or four guys up there and kind of build your lineup around these 9,999 players just because the value is there. And with a tournament without many of the world's top golfers there, it's kind of up to anyone. And that range there has some great uh, great golfers, in my opinion. So let's see, 8,000, 8, uh, yep, 8,000, 8, This is kind of your middle tier. You have to hit here to have some success. You know, you already spent up maybe for a 10K or you have two 9,000-plus players. Got to hit someone here. So, Sean, who are you betting on here? This one might be a little bit of a long shot, um, but uh, Joel Dahman, if I'm saying his last name correctly, uh, congratulations to him on the win last week at Putacana. Um, he was 12 under, um, played a pretty good round. Um, he's coming in at eight, two. Uh, I mean, I'm just riding the heat, hoping that he, he wins that tournament and he gets you some money there. There's obviously some other guys in this range. Um, but just somebody to look out for if you're, if you're looking for somebody to, if you have a couple more dollars here or there. Yeah. What do you say though? He was the rounds are on him at his home course. I think he might be enjoying this win a little bit too much. Let's see what, what condition he shows up in this week. Hey, John Daly does, does it. If it was one of us, we would be in rough shape. John Daly does it. <laughs> uh, for me, a guy in this range, probably going to go Chris Kirk here. Another guy who's been playing really well lately. I mean, He's six on tour in bogey avoidance, which I think will be fairly key. Um, he's only got one missed cut in his 11 starts with five top tens in that time uh, with a second and eighth. So he's got two very strong finishes already this year. Uh, but like I said, he's playing great. Within this range, I want to hit on someone who I think for sure is going to be making the cut and having a chance. Uh, Chris Kirk's my guy. I think uh, I think he'll have a good week this week. He's plus forty five hundred. Uh, I think those aren't bad odds to to kind of put a flyer out there on him, maybe to win top ten. We'll see. I might do that this week as well. Yeah, like you said, you're in this middle range. You're really hoping for someone to make the cuts, secure some points for you, and really not take much of a gamble here. So I'm going with old trusty Zach Johnson. I know I've talked to this guy in the past, but there isn't really anyone in this price range I'm in love with in terms of potential winner. So I'm just going to go with Zach Johnson, old plain Jane, Mr. Consistent Zach Johnson. Uh, he hasn't missed a cut, I believe, since last fall with the U.S. Open. He's 12 for 12 in cuts on this season. He's, just, he's a consistent ball striker, and he doesn't find himself in, in trouble much. And that's where I want him this week, just playing it safe, getting the ball where it needs to be, and really avoiding you know those double or triple bogeys, which he is very good at. I'm not saying he's going to play for a win, even though he is plus 4,500 there with that same range that LJ was talking about. Uh, if you want to place it there, maybe an 85 or 850 for a, a top five possibly would be better. 
But, you know, Zach Johnson just securing us some points here, making the cut, and just, just playing some great golf all around. Mr. Consistent Zach Johnson. I, I don't think you can ever go wrong picking Zach Johnson because you know he's playing on the weekend just about every week. Yeah, like I said, 12 for 12, 100%. Uh, making the cut this this season, so kind of hard to argue with that. So now we're getting down to some more of the flyers, the guys you're hoping uh, you you need these guys to really do something for you to make some money in the week. Hoping for them to make a cut, maybe make a run late in the late on the weekend, top ten finish. As we've hit a few of those this this the, during the duration of this podcast. So Sean, let's hit us up seven thousand to seventy nine hundred. Uh, our penultimate price range here for the podcast. Uh, I'm going with Eric Van Ruin um, or Royan. Um, LJ, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, he's coming in at 7,500 today or this week. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I know you know there's some other guys around that price tag. There's a Phil Mickelson out there. It's always good leading up to the Masters, but something about this, I just like the match play. I know it was a mental grind, like LJ mentioned, but he did play pretty well. He won his group stage. Um, Pretty interesting. I didn't really think any of us, I don't think any of us thought he was going to come out of it, to be honest with you. Um, and I mean, he did face John Rahm. John Rahm kind of beat him pretty well, three and two there. But um, he's out of the six cuts that he's made this year, three of them are in the top 40. So if you're looking points wise, he's doing pretty decent. So I think, you know, again, everything's leading up to the Masters, getting in preparation for that. He's coming off the group stage win. He's coming off the good match play. I think he's somebody who, who's worth your money. Um, might be worth a look next week as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, losing to Rom, it's not like you're like, oh, he lost. But then it's like John Rom was playing unbelievably, like just grinding uh, away. Here we go, Lenny, all over John Rom again. <laughs> what do you want? He, he's he's unbelievable. What can I say? For me, I think there's a lot of guys that you can consider here. I'll give you a kind of two that I'm thinking of. Danny Willett, if the wind picks up. You look last week, Punta Cana championship, finished eighth at it. I mean, I didn't watch the entire tournament, but from what I saw, pretty windy. Masters champion before, windy days. Plays well. Um, so he's someone I consider at 7-7. But... The guy I think that I'm probably going to go with in here might be Laird. He hasn't been, like, fantastic, but he made the cut in the players and Arnold Palmer. But he's a very good ball striker, very good driver of the ball, and this is a course that tends to favor these stats more than some of the others. So I think he's going to fit this course well. 11th in total driving, 4th in ball striking, and a He's at 7-1. I mean, I think he's worth taking a flyer on, at, kind of at the low range of this 7,000s. Yeah, like you said, this is a this is a position where you take a flyer and hope for him to stick. Not as much as the 7,000 and below price range, but for 7,000 to 7,900, you really need to find someone here that can really, you know, break out in the week to really help you make some money in DFS, DFS play. And that guy for me is Matthew Naismith. We've talked about this. This may be a guy we've had every podcast thus far between myself and, and Lenny or whatnot, but he's another guy that is, is excellent when it comes to ball striking. He's extremely cheap on DraftKings here at 7,100. He ranks 17th on the tour in total driving rankings and second in greens and regulation. Uh, 
doesn't leave much out there when it comes to, uh, you know, bogeys and double bogeys and whatnot. So outside of the last three events, he put together a run of uh, tie for 7th, tie for 16th, and tie for 20th at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and the Genesis Invitational. So I just love the value here. Hoping that he, you know, goes on another run here, maybe a top 20, top 10 would be ideal, but he fits his course excellently, strikes the ball phenomenally, and gets on the green when he needs to get on the green, and that's what I'm going for here with the 7100 price tag. All right, guys, so our final uh, price range, this will be 7000 and below. This is it. This is where if you hit this guy, you can brag about him the following week because you're like, hey... I picked so and so, and he had a top ten finish. I'm a I'm a golf god, um, whatever. So, Sean, who is your who is your hope here to uh, claim some bragging rights amongst this podcast? Well, he might be the guy that's closest in age to God, um, but Jim Furyk, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's coming in at six eight. Um, he's got four top tens, uh, ten for eleven in cuts this year. Uh, I know some of those have been championship tours, so got to maybe discredit that a little bit. Um, but two wins on the championship tour last year. One was a second place, or one also second place. Um, and in the four events that he's played on the PGA Tour, uh, 69th at the Honda, 26th at Genesis, 21st at Pebble, uh, and 47th at Hawaii. Um, so, you know, not bad finishes for somebody that's playing both championship and PGA. Um, again, Big thing for me, Masters next week, guy's going to go in there trying to play. Um, you know, I just think it's close. So you mentioned God. I thought I'd pick Jim Furyk. Good old Jimmy Furyk. Can't, can't hate that pick. Um, for me, I think it just makes sense. That I go with a Texas guy here with Bronson Vergoon <laughs> at six five. You knew it was coming. My, oh, we my. can't make it past a podcast without a homer. Not a homer <laughs> pick, but a, a, a what's the a, a hometown favorite. Hey, listen, I mean, he's made the cut in like the last five events he's played in at this range. I'll take that as good enough. He's from Texas, played a lot of Texas golf, kind of knows these Texas wins. He's a decent ball striker. He's got good approaches from, you know, 175 to 200. So, I I mean, at, at this point, when you're kind of picking at this low, if you can find anything to convince you on picking a guy, you take it. For me, kid plays in Texas, born raised in Texas. That's good enough. Yeah, but you wanted to doubt my Scotty Scheffler pick. I had Scotty Scheffler. Last week, not this week when he's playing Texas still. Oh um, yeah, that. But that's because of last week. All right, whatever, whatever. It's different. It's different. It's different. It's, it's completely different. different. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with Joseph Bramlett, 6600 here, looking for a dark horse, and I love what Bramlett brings to the table. He recently finished T13 of the Corliss Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. Hate that that name is so long. And early season, he had a T18 at the Farmers Insurance Open. He's currently 38th on the tour in ball striking shots gained, and he's 52nd in total drive rankings and 41st in greens regulation. So he's he's not horrible, 
you know, when it comes to the key stats to this to this golf course. I'm a statistics guy, and so far hasn't got me anywhere. But I guess I'll keep pounding that. Uh, <laughs> I love to I love to follow statistics, and it, it, you know, this is how I succeed in, in, in most fantasy sports. So far, it hasn't really paid off for me in terms of this podcast, but. Let's, let's give it another chance. Why not? So 6600 hoping for a Bramlett. Maybe just make the cut for me and win me some money, please. All right, guys. So that's that new format we're going through. That'll be weekly to weekly. We'll do that um, about that. So another new segment we're bringing this podcast is what we're going to call One and Done. So we're going to go off of you get to pick one golfer each week uh, to to be your 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 guy. So if you pick this golfer, you cannot use him again unless he wins. If he wins, you can use him again. If he wins again, you can keep using him until he doesn't win. And we're going to accumulate this by their match earnings from the golfer we picked. So it favors, you know, majors and, and bigger uh, non-major tournaments opposed to, you know, being, say, the Putin Khan is the, is the same as the Masters in terms of, you know, placement whatnot. So pick one golfer here. Uh, if he wins, we can reuse him. If not, he's done for the rest of the season. We can't use him again for the rest of the season. So uh, let's let's kick it off, Sean, since you're going first for most of the podcast. Who is your one-and-done golfer? Uh, this one I'm going to pick uh, somebody who was previously mentioned in the podcast. LG did such a great job describing this guy and why you should pick him in your lineup. I decided to pick him as well. Um, but Charlie Hoffman, um, I think – you know, he, he plays an interesting course with this, with hitting his driver long. There's a couple of very long par fives. Um, chance that he might be able to score a couple there. Everything that LJ mentioned earlier with him, I think, is an interesting take. And just to add to what LJ said, um, he's coming in this year fourth in birdies. Um, so, um, you know, I think he's going to get a little low, low score um, and uh, hopefully keep me up that leaderboard for this week. Uh, not a bad pick, like I mentioned earlier. I, I think he has a good shot. I, I'm torn here. I think for me, I think I've got to go Abe answer. I, I know I, I love Tony, and I want to pick Tony because he's the favorite here, and it almost makes sense to pick Tony female. Or, you know, some of these top-end guys that you might not use at, a, a, like, the majors, like the Masters and the PGA Championship. But I think I'm going to go Abe Answer this week. I never made a rule about if we can double up because Abe Answer was my pick as well. But since I went oh. last, I will go with someone else here. I'm going to go a different route. I'm trying to go low, right. hit some hit some guy early on. I, I was going to say, if you want Abe, I will take the other guy I'm debating. Well, you already took them, so I think it's only fair if I go somewhere else. Next week, we'll switch the order up so this doesn't happen again. We'll keep rotating the order uh, in case this happens again. But one golfer per person per podcast. I'm going to go Matthew Naismith. I'm going to go low end here. Hopefully, he hits for me. And I can, uh, you know, start this off with a low golfer that, like you said, probably won't use again. It may bite me in the butt when it comes to these lesser tournaments where, you know, the the top guys aren't there. And, you know, Naismith may be one of the top 10 opportunities but i'm going him this week i like what he brings to this table i like the golf he plays in reference to this course so let's hope he uh he plays well for me this week and uh i can't i'm not too far in the hole to try to dig myself out next week at the masters out of curiosity uh lenny what was that second golf you had my second golfer was chris kirk okay 
I uh, like I mentioned, I talked about him. I I think I'm going Abe. I mean, I already picked Abe. I'm not changing it, but I think there there might be some other opportunities. Like you mentioned, some of these smaller tournaments that I could throw a Chris Kirk out there for. All right, rightfully so. So that's it for today's podcast, guys. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at out of the rough wk on twitter when we reach that 100 followers we're giving away a sleeve of pro v1s and maybe for the upcoming masters next week we may have another giveaway so pay attention to our social media for that uh before we sign off here guys follow we know fantasy on twitter and facebook at we know fantasy visit our website we know for more fantasy sports content until next week guys we'll see you